0: The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, it's Jeff without Josh this week. This week we are re-releasing the very first podcast episode where Ash meets Pikachu and sets out on his Pokemon journey. Just a reminder that we have come a long way since we have put out this first episode. Josh was not my co-host at the time, and instead my co-host was my friend Tyler. Here is a blast from the past to see how the show has evolved. Here is Pokemon I Choose You. everyone, and welcome to our first episode of the Pokemon Snapshot. In this episode, we will be talking about the first episode of the Pokemon anime, Pokemon I Choose You. I am Jeff, and I will be one of your hosts. You may have seen me on the EFG show, where I host a show with Steven Dutzman every Thursday night. And my host sitting here next to me is Tyler. Hey Tyler, how are you?
1: Hey everybody, I'm Tyler, and you've seen me on nothing so far.
0: Yes, we are getting, giving Tyler a chance to host his very first podcast.
1: Indeed. Could be first, could be last, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a uh, Pokemon rookie, sort of. Like, I, I, I am obviously a 90s child, so I started watching... Uh, Pokemon when it first came out. I played the Game Boy games. I did all that. I was really into Pokemon, you know, the trading cards, all that. Battling kids, you know, both with cards and physically on the playground. Uh, <laughs> trying to get the best stuff. And then uh, as so, time...
0: My question with that, did you actually play the trading card game the way it was meant to be played? Oh, oh Lord,
1: no. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. We would just slap down cards and be like, I think this one looks good. Yep.
0: I remember... You know, people be like, let's see if my Blastoise can beat your Venusaur, and here I am thinking, this isn't how you play.
1: Yeah, you would be that kid that would
0: say that.
1: (laughs) But anyway, you know, then I moved on with my life. I I continued to play the games. I've played the most recent few games. uh, But for the most part, I would definitely not consider myself, you know, as adept at Pokemon as you, but still a fan.
0: Okay, so as Tyler's already alluded to, I am a huge Pokemon fan. I mean, I started with the anime when it started in 1998. Uh, I specifically remember I would go to my babysitter's house, and w- they had four kids, and we would all sit there, eat breakfast, and watch the Pokemon episode because as soon as it was done, we had to go to the bus stop. Uh, but then we would go to the bus stop, and the neighbor's kids, their mom wouldn't let them watch Pokemon. Their mom did not like that they forced the animals to battle.
1: I mean, I get that. I'm pretty sure that's illegal in this world.
0: Yeah. So, we would get to the bus stop, and then they would ask us what happened during the episode. And we'd we'd tell them what what happened. Uh, But I did not have the Pokemon game right when it came out. I mean, my parents would buy games every now and then, but We mainly got games at Christmas time. And so, and new Game Boy games are very rare because the Game Boy was mine and my dad wanted to get us games that both my brother and I would play. So I didn't get a lot of new Game Boy games. But I do have an interesting story when I started out with my Game Boy. It was, I got it in the year 2000, my Pokemon game. The reason I remember exactly what year I got it is because I got it with appendicitis.
1: (laughs) You got it with an appendicitis. So they just like gave you a Game Boy and are like happy appendicitis. Well, no,
0: but I I got to miss the week of school and my parents felt bad. So my mom's like, you earn some money. I'll let you go pick out uh, a game. And right there, it was Pokemon Blue. I picked out Pokemon Blue, but I didn't have enough money to get it. But my grandma was with me. And so she gave me the rest of the money. So thank you, grandma. You made a fan for life.
1: Yeah, let's be honest, your parents were probably just getting really tired of you and decided, you know what, that whole Christmas tradition with games, I think we can break that for this.
0: So yeah, so I started Pokemon Blue, played I played Gold and Silver, but by the time Ruby and Sapphire came out, I, I was in high school and it wasn't cool anymore.
1: Yes, I remember those days. Dark, but, dark time.
0: Yes. But then when I graduated high school, my aunt got me a Nintendo DS Lite, and I got Pokemon Pearl, and I've been playing every game ever since. Very
1: nice. Although I can't imagine high school, Jeff, being all that concerned with doing things that were considered uncool, you know, considering how you are as an adult.
0: I didn't have a Game Boy Advance, so that's probably why I didn't have Pokemon.
1: Gotcha. So that's the method. That's that's why we interview people. interviewing interviewing strategies 101 i had to find out the real reason
0: so yeah so that is my pokemon background and tyler's pokemon background so are we ready to get into the episode tyler let's do it all right so just a little bit of background as i said earlier uh this is episode one and it was titled pokemon i choose you Uh, Usually, I will go into and tell you the Japanese name of the episode, but in Japan, this was one of the few episodes that had the exact same name. It was called Pokemon I Choose You. Nice.
1: That's easy.
0: Yep. So, in Japan, this aired April 1st, 1997, and in the United States, it aired on September 8th, 1998. So, almost a year and four months after the Japanese version came out. It came out in the United States and something i thought that was interesting was that the pokemon red and blue came out on september 28th 1998 in the united states so this game came, this episode aired 20 days before the video game came out
1: that is interesting i do remember that timeline a little bit i remember seeing the show and the bam game
0: i mean it's a great advertisement what do you like if you Think of yourself, you know, we were ten years old at the time. Yep. Well, I would have been ten, you would have been nine when this came out, you're almost ten. Yep. And just sitting there, like, watching it thinking, I want that game. That's I think all these creatures, I mean, before then I don't couldn't think of a game. It had a hundred and fifty different Pokemon that came with it.
1: I just remember my brother was the first one that discovered Pokemon for our family, my youngest brother, who was six years younger than me, and he comes home all excited, and he goes, I was watching this amazing show with this kid who had a yellow mouse Pokemon, and the kid's name was ASS. He did not hear it correctly in the episode. (laughs) I looked at him, and I said, no, that was not the name of the character. There's no way that that was the name of the character. He goes, yes, it is, and it actually started a battle, like a physical battle, over this it just blew up into a whole argument and then sure enough of course as you know i turned out being right that it is in fact pronounced ash ash that's how you say the name just throwing that out there i, I figured i would mention that
0: all right so since we're starting by our protagonist why don't we get into the episode so before we even get what happened with the episode i want to ask the, the question that Pokemon theme song. Did you watch the intro? Of course I watched
1: the intro. I always watch the intro to Pokemon.
0: Yes. I mean,
1: it just gets it you pumped.
0: W- it gets you pumped. It is just one of those unskippable intros. If you watch the episode without the intro, you, you're you dead to me.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I definitely agree. They could do a Pokemon theme like actual physical gym and just blast that song on repeat to get people pumped up the entire time that they're there. I would go to that gym and I would not say that about Benny Jim.
0: I mean it's I think if, if I did work out, it would be my pump up jam.
1: That'd be my pump up jam if I worked out too, Jeff.
0: Just play it on loop. Yep. It's an intense time. <laughs> Alright, so let's let's get into the episode. So the beginning of the episode was a little bit nostalgic.
1: Yes, so we begin the episode with a game boy game it's showing you know the the gray scale and the characters and they're battling each other and then it just transforms into this full arena battle and i'm going to tell you at that moment i got chills i hadn't seen that this episode probably in 20 years and when i saw that i was like i'm shook i don't think it had that kind of weight on me at the time when i first saw it but that that that's what happened it was an amazing introduction
0: yes and the cool thing is it even had the sound effects from the Game Boy game. Yes. It was like amazing. it took the sound effects from, uh, well, not red and blue actually. It took the sound effects from red and green because in Japan in 96, these games originally came out as red and green. And even the Gengar battling Anita Reno, that was taken straight from the Game Boy games. And I mean, oh. seeing that Gengar, like that's just something that you're like, you want to aspire to. I want that Pokemon.
1: Yes. That's definitely what I thought. Not the type that I usually like to haul around with me, but you know, at the time with no context, looked pretty awesome.
0: But I do have a question. So I wrote in a note here that says, one of the things the person giving the Nidorino tells him to do a Horn Attack after it goes, you know, to the big stadium out Mm -hmm. of the Game Boy game. But in the games, Horn Attack is unable to hit ghost-type Pokemon.
1: This is true. I actually did not remember that, but you are correct. And you would notice that detail.
0: I I couldn't remember if Horn Attack was a normal type or if they switched it to a bug type because they've made some switches in later episodes, later seasons or later games. And I did I noticed that Horn Attack is still a normal type, which do not hit ghost type. And do you recognize the shadow of the person controlling the Nidorino?
1: No, I didn't pay that close of attention. What was the, who was the shadow, Jeff?
0: So the shadow was Bruno. Bruno. Okay. He was one of the Elite Four. Gotcha. So you think as one of the Elite Four, he would know that the Horn Attack move wouldn't work.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Don't know what to tell you on that. I was going to originally say that possibly it was just some rookie, you know, Pokemon trainer. This is like, you know, Saturday afternoon. Let's make our monsters fight each other for entertainment on television type of thing. But apparently, he definitely should have known better.
0: And I'm gonna assume, since it was a Gengar, maybe the other person was Agatha, the Ghost type trainer for the Elite Four. Sure.
1: So after we, you know, get get done with this little battle in the arena, we zap from the TV into Ash Ketchum's bedroom, where he is, ex- where he is, you know, watching the TV and getting pumped up. Tomorrow he's going on a grand adventure as a ten year old into the wild world of organized crime and fighting Pokemon for, for sport. And uh, it is explained at this point in the episode that children are able to get their starter Pokemon from Professor Oak starting at age ten. And I'll tell you something, Jeff. When we were like planning for this episode and we were and, and, and I and I remembered this from as an adult. I figured I would want to take a little bit of time and spend that on this whole idea of sending a 10 year old with a wild animal that they just met out into the, out into the wild world to battle and, you know, do all that stuff. It seems highly irresponsible, but it's almost like it's too low hanging a fruit here. There's a lot to dissect in this episode. And I will tell you if I was the neighbor, I'd call CPS,
0: (laughs) but (laughs) I, I mean, I was, My daughter's four and a half. She'll be five in January. I was thinking in five years, I was going to send her off with our pug.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, and literally, it's like being like, here's the family pet. Go fight bears with it or something like that. Like, you don't know what they're
0: going to run into. Well, speaking of that, all the different Pokemon, like, growing up, everyone's like, what video game would you like to be real life? And I always said Pokemon, but no, Pokemon in real life would be terrifying.
1: No, as an adult, absolutely not.
0: So yeah, I, I just, mean, and we can get into that later when he's run when when they're showing more Pokemon. Yeah. But there's just some terrifying things yeah, out there.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I I did I I kind of decided I was just going to kind of gloss over that one because I mean, it's just it's too obvious, like shooting fish in a barrel when it comes to dissecting this episode. So, <laughs> Ash Ash's mom comes in a, at this point and and basically tells Ash, Hey, keep it down. Put on your pajamas. Uh, go to bed. You know all that good stuff that moms do. And so Ash reluctantly does, with a little bit of back sass, but apparently not enough to warrant a punishment. Uh, I mean, he, he's
0: getting ready to go on an adventure. This is like the last day of his life his mom will tell him when to go to bed.
1: That, I, that's deep, Jeff. Yeah. That actually like adds a whole new level of emotion. So,
0: yeah, so listen to your mother, Ash. Yes, Ash. You, don't know, you don't know when, remember, and this will be delved in the next episode, but your father left and never came back.
1: Yeah, y- y- you don't. What wanna... if
0: the same happens to you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And watch, you know, watch the backs Sass. Just get into bed. Your mom's already breaking who knows how many parenting rules for you. You know, let's let's just move on with our lives and go to bed when you're asked to go to bed. That's all I'm saying. So Ash gets into bed. He begins dreaming of what Pokemon he's gonna choose. And at some point in his thrashing slumber, he manages to destroy his own alarm clock, ensuring that he will be late to pick up his starter Pokemon the okay. very next day.
0: I put a note in here. Like, Ash overslept. Yes. Again, let's put another mark to the bad parenting of his mother because she knows it's the biggest day in his life. Why didn't she just wake him up?
1: Jeff, my my lord, I actually wrote down the same thing <laughs> because <laughs> I thought that too. Like, she's what is she doing? Like, sit downstairs eating pancakes and watching... Oprah or whatever you do in the Pokemon world is just like, oh, hmm, Ash should probably be getting dressed and going on the biggest adventure of his entire life to get a sweet, decent starter Pokemon and instead just kind of like really drops the ball. So, this is an odd family (laughs) dynamic. Dad's gone, mom accepts a lot of back fast,
0: and And she doesn't have a job like in in later episodes she's available anytime. That's true.
1: She's I mean there there's an odd family dynamic here. And sending your child off into the wild world, let's be honest. There that you could probably do a lot of, you know, analysis on this particular family and the way that it is structured.
0: And <laughs> quite
1: frankly, it is a little off to me. But anyway It is a,
0: it is above our degrees. So Yeah, we
1: yeah, no, <laughs> we are not smart enough for that kind of a discussion. Uh but then anyway, you know, obviously Ash is dumbfounded and concerned that he is running late for his meeting and so he began sprinting towards professor oaks while still in his pajamas and but runs... he
0: remembered to put shoes on he did remember to put
1: shoes on which is good um probably grabbed him on the way out and then literally runs into gary like max into him falls on yep. the ground and gary says at least he find it you know he's missed out on all the pokemon but at least he gets a chance to meet him. And and I want to pause here for a couple of things. First of all, it is then explained that Gary is uh Professor Oak's grandson. So yep. obviously a very nice dude. But then that comment about, you know, Ash finally getting a chance to meet Gary kind of confused me.
0: I put a note in the dude. They've lived in their this town their whole lives.
1: Yeah, and it I mean it clearly seems like they know one another. Like Ash knows who Gary is, Gary knows Ash's name without any proper introduction. So I just thought that was kind of a weird flex. Like, I've I've heard of, like, you know, the bully kid, you know, trying to make the uh, lesser kid seem more lesser. But in this case, it's literally like, I'm just on this particular day going to pretend like we've never met and you do not exist in my life. Yes. But I do know your name, and you're here to see my grandfather where you will get a book.
0: I mean, let's go back to a conversation about the games here because, you know gary or as in the games he's called blue you could name him and as a kid did you ever give him a very nice name uh
1: no we probably shouldn't discuss what name i gave gary
0: okay so yours was a little more inappropriate mine mine was usually idiot or jerk face or something like that that
1: sounds like a very deaf way to name the ultimate villain of your life Mine yes. mine was definitely like, you know, if a cutscene had popped up and they were about to say Gary's name in the game and my mom was standing around and like hide the Game Boy real quick, like, oh no, she can't see this because it varied, but it it altered between, you know, some pretty obvious uh things that you could imagine. Uh, but you know, so so anyway, you know, Gary has his own cheerleading squad. He's got people cheering for him. I can't tell what he's done with his life so far up to this point. He's literally ten years old, probably hasn't left this town, but seems to be an incredibly popular person who already hates Ash despite not actually knowing him apparently so <laughs> the whole thing is is you know just confusing right from the get go. What is gary's motivation? That's what I want to know. I'm hoping we find out
0: and I'm pretty sure it was just uh add a villain to the story
1: i mean yeah he definitely seems like an afterthought villain but you would think you know in the 20 years since then they would maybe flesh out a little bit like what is this you know 10 year old wa- rocking around in his village with cheerleaders following him around what was his what what is his drive
0: well i'm Why pretty sure Ash? by the end of the johto season he does have a he does have a character arc
1: oh good I, I actually don't think I've ever seen that, so we w- we can wait until, oh, approximately how many years from now before we get to
0: that? I don't know. It's going to be like 200 episodes, so four years.
1: Okay, yeah, all right. Well, two years, you know, mark it on the calendar. I'll finally find out what Gary's deal is. Um. So at this point, Professor Oak leads Ash into the lab, where Ash tries to pick Squirtle first. Squirtle is taken. Who picked Squirtle, by the way? I know you probably are going to say that you did.
0: But uh, actually, no, that was a conversation. Nobody picks portal. My first Pokemon was Bulbasaur. That my okay.
1: You know that might actually be worse. I need to I need to mull that one over. So
0: nowadays, Bulbasaur is not my choice. I am Charmander through and through. But yes. Bulbasaur was my first choice, and I don't know why. I think it's because I knew that was the way to make the first two gym leaders. Actually, the first three are easily beatable with. Well, sorry, because you have your rock and ground, and then you have your water types, and then at the end, it's just uh, your thunder type, which you aren't super effective against it, but they're not very effective against you.
1: You know, that's true, and I, I will admit that there was not a lot of thought. I probably spent more time on what ridiculous name I was going to give Gary than I did what my starter would be, uh, but I always went with Charmander.
0: Because you're just like Fire Lizard, cool.
1: Fire Lizard, who eventually becomes Charizard, and that was my ultimate goal. Is to this day my favorite Pokemon, Charizard. In fact, when I was in your wedding, you gave me a Charizard shot glass that I still use on the daily. It is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so so Ash is going through this, you know, amazing decision. Oh, hold on,
0: hold on. Should I be concerned that you're taking shots on the daily? <laughs>
1: I mean, I more of, like, hold it up to the light and admire it, but if you want to go okay. down that dark path, let's okay. go down that, okay. Jeez, Jeff, this is not starting well. Uh, but anyway, so he's going through, and he's starting, and he's, and he's picking his Pokemon, he's going from one Pokemon to the next, and each time he cracks open the ball all excitedly, and Professor Oak's like, nope, you slept in, it's gone. Why didn't he just tell him that at the beginning? Why couldn't he have just walked in the door and be like, Ash, by the way, let's not waste our time opening every single one of these balls, you know, in order. Just for me to disappoint you multiple times here this morning. Uh, you, you're already having a rough day. Let's just rough him up a little bit. It was probably because he got a call about the backstaff tonight.
0: He knew four trainers were leaving from Palette Town, but he only had three Pokemon there.
1: I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Maybe he, I don't know what he was thinking in that case. Clearly, not a lot of thought going into this plot so far. I'm just going to throw that out there. But, uh, you know, it works out because guess what? Professor Oak then shows him that there is a Pokemon he can give him. And he reluctantly gives this Pokemon to him, describing that the Pikachu is, in fact, has an electrifying personality. I laughed at that. He's like, he has an electrifying personality. In other words, you're giving a dangerous wild animal to a 10-year-old and sending him into the wild. Uh, of course, the first thing that happens is Pikachu shocks Ash, which Hook would have seen well, that coming when he hands him a dangerous animal. And... So
0: I have a few bits of trivia about this episode about this point.
1: Oh, okay, sure.
0: So, I found that this is the only episode where Ash's Pikachu is seen inside a Pokeball
1: interesting
0: okay so pikachu never goes back inside his pokeball that's true and also did you know that pikachu was not the original selection for ash's starter and the mascot of the franchise no who was it
1: let me Do you want to take a guess it was probably
0: Charmander. no oh clefairy
1: clefairy
0: yes Who
1: made that terrible decision? Well,
0: obviously, it did not go by because Clefairy is not the mascot. And I'm pretty sure when they looked at it, they probably were thinking if they made that the mascot, it was not going to appeal to boys.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. Also, Clefairy's pretty lame. Just throwing that out there. I mean, Jigglypuff, you know, would probably be in the same boat, but at least Jigglypuff's kind of cool. Clefairy, (laughs) though, is like, Clefairy has no redeeming quality.
0: Yeah. So so what happens next?
1: Alright, so they head outside. Ash is given his gear, and his mom comes up and prepares to send him on his way, you know, reminding him to change his underwear daily, you know, mom stuff. Um
0: Uh, in the Japanese version that was different. How so? Uh she actually I mean, I just found this was interesting. I don't know why they changed it, but in the Japanese version, she tells him to make sure he puts on his pajamas before going to bed.
1: Ah, uh, see, now that's a good tie into earlier in the episode. That would have yeah. been good. They did not have that in the English version, at least from what I just saw.
0: Because us uh, Americans are stupid and want to be able to see the whole arc there.
1: I guess so. Uh, so anyway, they give him all this stuff. It's mentioned that uh, Pokemon usually travel in a Pokeball, but Pikachu won't go in. Of course Ash's mother has to raise a stink about it and so what does Pikachu do as dangerous animals do he attacks everybody and shocks the entire crowd all at once for good measure Ash and Pikachu then head out and Pikachu is being difficult he and Ash begin to have a heart to heart you know that they, they start talking about how come on you know we're going to be friends i like you even though Ash, at this point, has absolutely no reason to like Pikachu. He's been nothing but a jerk from start to finish. He's literally shocked the entire town, including Ash. He doesn't know if these people have heart conditions. He could have been dropping people at this point in the episode. We don't know. Fortunately, that did not happen, at least not that we could see. Um, but then, all of a sudden, a Pidgey shows up. Ash pulls oh, out hold his... Hold on.
0: Okay. Sorry. You did skip over something that I wanted to talk about, and it was just another dub edit, but I again, I thought it was interesting, okay. because the joke made me laugh in the American version, in the English version. Uh, in the English version, Ash asked Pikachu to open his mouth and tell him what's wrong, and Pikachu just has this wide mouth. I actually laughed at that.
1: <laughs> you see, now I saw that, and I was like, yeah, we'll skip that.
0: Okay, well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because the Japanese version, the joke was different. Okay. because uh the the pun would have been untranslatable because it involved words in Japan Japan that sound the same. So, in the Japanese version, Pikachu thinks Ash tells him he has no teeth. So, it was Pikachu showing him that he ha- indeed had teeth.
1: Aha, uh-huh. see now that's not as funny. In my opinion, I think the English version, though not quite that funny, was funnier than that. <laughs> so, we'll we'll go with that. Uh, but anyway the, the 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 Pidgey then shows up, right? And so yep. Ash tries to capture Pidgey and cries, Enjoy your last meeting enjoy your last minutes of freedom as he throws the Pokeball at him. What is that, Ash? Like, are we just he's like a- you know, I'm gonna take away all of the freedoms of your life. I'm gonna throw this Pokeball at you. Um He's
0: already on a power trip. He's
1: on a power trip. He's been gone for what, two minutes at this point? enough time to have the heart-to-heart and for Pikachu to drop a lame pun, and then all of a sudden he's trying to enslave wild animals. Um, But, you know, obviously he fails at this throw because he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. He continues to struggle and even tries to capture it by throwing a jacket on top of it, and Pikachu then laughs at him. Now, let's just pause there for a second. So far he is clearly showing that he does not have any idea what he's doing who made the decision to just release ash into the wild with what seems like no training he doesn't seem to get the concept of how you actually catch pokemon or what you're even supposed to do he's power hungry already this is not going well
0: so maybe this notes the first time of good parenting by his mother because When Ash was watching the Pokemon battle, she tried to switch it to Professor Oak's learning channel. Oh which obviously Ash has not been watching.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's let's pause right there because I did not notice that. First of all, um clearly Ash is more into the violence aspect of his new lifestyle, which is concerning. Second of all, you would think that maybe Ash's mother, knowing full well that he is in fact not preparing himself especially well for this particularly dangerous journey, would maybe hold him back until he does it. But, you know, again, family dynamics that I am not, you know, qualified to dissect. So that's what we've got going on. And then to make matters worse, guess what Ash does right after he uh, fails to capture the Pidgey?
0: He throws a rock at it. He thinks he's in the Safari Zone. He throws
1: a rock at it and hits a sparrow. Now, here's the thing. Why would he throw a rock at them? Clearly, again, he does not know what he's doing. And, of course, Pikachu then shocks the Sparrow after the Sparrow attacked Pikachu because the Sparrow thinks that Pikachu was the one that threw the rock at him, which makes no sense because you would think if a Pikachu was going to attack you, it would not be by throwing a rock at you.
0: Before we go on, Tyler, I do want to mention, though, that we skipped over a very important part that our episodes did not include Oh, what is that Jeff? Now, I watched it on Netflix and you watched it straight off of the Pokemon website. Yes. And neither of them included the Who's That Pokemon segment.
1: Yes, they did not. We actually were talking about that before we started uh, recording this episode that neither of us actually had that pop up.
0: Yes. So, do you think now is a good time to go into our Who's That Pokemon segment? Just out of pure
1: curiosity, at what point in the episode, when it does show up, does it actually show up?
0: So, I didn't write it down. It There's only one commercial break in a Pokemon episode, and so okay. I was taking it when it faded off. It was somewhere in the middle of him trying to catch Pidgey and Spearow.
1: Okay, so we're, like, right on target for this. Yep. One. All right, well, let's yep. jump into it, then.
0: Okay, so, everyone listening, what we are going to do during the Who's That Pokemon segment is, when it talks about uh Who's That Pokemon... We are going to do, I guess, a deep dive and educate you and everyone else about that Pokemon.
1: Just give Jeff his moment here. It'll be over soon.
0: My, my professor moment. So the Who's That Pokemon, obviously, for this first episode was Pikachu. And just some basic information from Pikachu. Uh, he's number 25. He's one foot four inches tall. Could you imagine seeing a rat that big?
1: No, I would probably have nightmares for years after that. I hate roads.
0: He weighs 13.2 pounds. And this is kind of something fun I want to try out. So, every Pokemon has a type. And we all know Pikachu is electric. But beyond their type, they also have a... It's hard to explain. It's like a group they belong to. What group do you think Pikachu would belong to? Like, if you were to give him an overarching, he's this type of Pokemon uh i don't know rat oh. you're close oh, he is known as pokemon? the he is known as the mouse pokemon mouse okay so every week i will be bringing up what type and this is what i mean it's not their typing it's their group i see and for those of you who are big pokemon fans i'm not talking about their a group we are not getting into that no let's not uh, and then also he evolves into Raichu with a thunderstorm. So some interesting things about Pikachu. the or, His origin. He is one of the few Pokemon who have the same name in both the United in English and in Japanese. Um, and his name comes from Pika Pika, which is onomatopoeia for sparkle in Japanese, and Choo Choo, which is a sound a mouse makes in Japanese.
1: Ah, <laughs> so That's so, so
0: creative. He, so he's literally a sparkle mouse. Sparkle mouse. Nice. Uh. He is based on a mouse with a peak pouch inspired by squirrels. And we're going to skip all the way to 2019, because in 2019, he received a Gigantamax form.
1: Yes, I recall that. I had that actually in the game.
0: Uh, Do you know what his Gigantamax form is based off of? I
1: have no idea.
0: So his Gigantamax form is based off of his original look from Pokemon Red and Blue.
1: Okay ah, you know what? I did know that. I just wasn't thinking it. You're right. It is. Yep.
0: Yep. You're who right. People, I
1: remember making note of that.
0: Yeah, who people in the Pokemon fandom, you know, kind of call fat Pikachu.
1: I mean, yeah, he is fat Pikachu. They definitely slimmed Pikachu up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can even tell in this episode he was a little he was he's he's, he's, he's a been eating little too dude. many yeah, he's been eating too many berries.
1: Yep. I mean who's gonna tell him no? He's a wild
0: card. So, I thought this was interesting when I was doing my research. They actually have the biology of Pokemon. So, like, I have, like, a couple sentences. Like, if you would read about Pikachu in a science textbook. Okay. So, Pikachu is a short, chubby, rodent Pokemon. It is covered in yellow fur with two horizontal brown stripes on its back. It has a small mouth, long-pointed ears with black tips and brown eyes. And each cheek is a red circle that contains a pouch for electricity storage. It has short forearms with five fingers on each paw, and the feet each have three toes. At the base of its lightning bolt shaped tail is a patch of brown fur. But a female will have a V-shaped notch at the end of the tail, which looks like the tip of a heart. It is classified as a quadruped, but it has been known to stand and walk on its hind legs.
1: Interesting.
0: Yes. So and then after that, we're gonna go into the Pokedex. Now I didn't now there are ton of Pokedex, so I try to only bring the ones that give new information. Okay. So, from Pikachu's Red and Blue Pokedex, it says, when several of these Pokemon gather, their electricity could build and cause lightning storms.
1: That's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. So, if there's a lightning storm happening, look around, there may be a ton of Pikachu around.
1: That would be truly exciting. Even though I hate rodents, I would like that.
0: (laughs) Until you realize that means there's a bunch of rodents around.
1: I mean, I think Pikachu would be passable, but I guess I don't know what a real-life Pikachu would look like if it would be all, like, you know, rodenty. I mean,
0: you haven't watched Detective Pikachu? I did, but it still looked
1: animated, you know? It didn't really have that, like, oh, this is a real-life Pikachu here. Look, it had a more of a... This is a slightly more upscaled but still animated Pikachu.
0: Okay. Uh, It's Pokemon Yellow Pokedex said, it keeps its tails raised to monitor its surroundings. If you yank its tail, it will try to bite you.
1: Ha! <laughs> I get that. I feel that.
0: Uh, As Pokemon Ruby, Pokedex said, whenever Pikachu comes across something new, it blasts it with a jolt of electricity. If you come across a Blackened Berry, it's evidence that this Pokemon mistook the intensity of its charge.
1: I get that as well. I can see that. Trying to limit your power.
0: Uh, Which makes sense because when we get into Pichu, Pichu doesn't know how to control its power. Uh, Pokemon Platinum says it occasionally used uses an electric shock to recharge a fellow Pikachu that is in a weakened state.
1: Okay, like a defibrillator type of thing. Like a
0: defibrillator, yes. Uh, Pokemon Sun says, a plan was recently announced to gather many Pikachu and make an electric power plant.
1: Nice. That seems like a reasonable use for their power.
0: I I seem like that seems inhumane. I mean, the whole (laughs) whole
1: concept of this is inhumane, Jeff. Like I said, (laughs) low dangling fruit. Okay, we could talk all day about how Pokemon are treated in this universe. At least they have something constructive <laughs> to do that doesn't involve fighting in pit. You know. I mean, you
0: could just leave them in the forest. You could do
1: that too, but in this world, clearly that is not an option.
0: And then the last Pokedex entry I had was from Pokemon Sword and it says, Pikachu that can generate powerful electricity have cheek sacks that are extra soft and super stretchy.
1: Nice. <laughs> That's,
0: so, I yeah. think that tells us that Ash's Pikachu is super strong, because do you see how wide it opens its mouth?
1: Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> okay. so Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, just have some trivia. Yeah, that's the concept. Of, this is a little long, because Pikachu is the mascot, so there was a lot of information about Pikachu. Okay. But, It did tell us that the nation of Neoway released a $1 coin with the coat of arms on one side and Pikachu on the other to promote the Pokemon franchise.
1: I just got to pause for a second because, like, you're describing Pikachu's mouth I want you to record that for me so I can make it my ringtone. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right, you can keep going doing what you want. His
0: super stretchy and how wide his mouth opens? Yes,
1: yes. Just... All right, you can keep going. I'm sorry to, like, interject. Okay. But I've been been trying to keep it together here. All right, uh, go on.
0: All right. In 2008, Japanese researchers discovered a new protein that helps carry electrical impulses from the eyes to the brain, and they named it Pikachu Ren. According to them, it was so named for sharing Pikachu's lightning-fast moves and shocking electrical effects. There's been three Pikachu balloons in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the first one appearing in 2001. Which if you think is pretty good. Four years after that means I feel like you get a balloon and makes you Thanksgiving parade. It means you made it.
1: Yeah, like you know, like Snoopy, for example, who'd been around for I don't know how long before he got the Power Rangers. Had been a while.
0: Yeah. So the first balloon was flying Pikachu, and it was flown from 2001 to 2005. Um. Then they used, uh, and it was also used in 2006 party of the decade in New York City. So. Uh, then they had a balloon in 2006, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, that featured glowing che- cheeks and chases a Pokeball balloon. And then the last one was introduced in 2014, and it wears a green scarf and holds a small Pikachu-shaped snowman. And I remember seeing that one when I watched the parade.
1: Yes. I a lot of these sound vaguely familiar, too, though normally I wasn't really paying attention a whole lot to the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade. Uh, because I was too busy doing anything.
0: <laughs> uh, and then our last bit of trivia about Pikachu is that Pikachu originally had a second stage evolution named Gorochu.
1: Interesting.
0: And it would have had two horns and Fanes. Sugimori, who is the artist who draws all the Pokemon concept art, Stated that while there was nothing wrong with its appearance, it was nonetheless omitted as the staff found that the game balance was better without it.
1: That's interesting. I had never heard of that before. Do we have any idea what he looked like or anything?
0: No, I never even
1: got that far, maybe.
0: I vaguely remember seeing pictures like, and it just looked like kind of like a mean, evil Pikachu with fangs.
1: And it was like red. Interesting.
0: That would have been cool. That would have Pikachu. been. All right, so now we're going to go back to the episode, and as you said, uh, Ash was busy being incompetent.
1: Yes, he was. He's throwing a rock at a sparrow. The sparrow confused it for being Pikachu and then um, promptly began to attack Pikachu. Uh, but Pikachu shocks the sparrow.
0: Sparrow. 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 Uh, did you, now, going back a few, a couple minutes, uh, did you laugh about Dexter being kind of cynical towards Ash? Uh, I don't think I caught that. So, when Ash originally goes to catch Pidgey, it goes, you usually y- use one Pokemon to battle another.
1: That's true. I didn't catch that as, like, cynical. I caught it, I don't know. I just interpreted it differently. I kind of thought it was more of, like, uh. A... This is just providing basic, mundane information. But I like your way better.
0: It it goes even further, because when he sees the Rattata, and the Rattata, he goes, Rattata likes to steal fruit and berries from stupid trainers. Ha! And then Ash goes, wait, I'm stupid? Just throwing
1: some shade. (laughs) I get that. But yeah, so, uh, Firo is shocked. get it? Like shocked, like literally shocked, but also shocked at the idea (laughs) of of being shocked. All right. So he then uh, flies towards his crew and him and his homies uh, start flapping towards uh, Pikachu and they um, begin to injure him. But fortunately, the heroic Ash jumps in, showing his first moment of semi-competence, grabs injured Pikachu and leaps into the water. He begins swimming, and at this point meet Misty, who is fishing, which I found fairly ironic considering her line of work, you know, training water Pokemon, but she's also implied that she's capturing them with a fishing pole and probably eating them. Which, if you're her Pokemon that you have with her, you'd think that that would be a little concerning to watch, but that's just me.
0: I mean, there were real fish. They've shown real fish in the Pokemon uh, universe, so maybe she was fishing for real fish.
1: Instead of, like, What is a real fish versus a Pokemon fish, Jeff?
0: What is that? I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, have you ever had the conversation with someone like, if you had to eat a Pokemon, who do you think would be the tastiest Pokemon?
1: Definitely Pikachu in season one.
0: Just because of his body image?
1: Yes. He just looked eatable.
0: I always thought far-fetched. I mean, maybe... I, I mean, magic Magikarp looks pretty eatable, but then Meowth kind of proves that in a few episodes we'll get to later that you cannot bite into a Magikarp. That's
1: true. We do learn that. I actually vaguely remember that. I like, just had a 90s flashback <laughs> to remembering that. I could even kind of see it.
0: Real quickly also, when Misty does meet Ash, there is a... Ver- so after Ash, she pulls Ash out, and in the Japanese version, she slaps him.
1: Interesting. How come they omitted that? That seems like a reasonable violence. Violence. Uh, violence. Yes, because the whole premise of the show is not already violent.
0: Yeah, it says, This scene was cut out from the dub. The screen freezes just as Ash answers Misty due to physical violence. In the next scene, Ash can clearly be seen rubbing his aching face and Misty has her hand in the air. I
1: mean, that makes sense. He did startle her, because, I mean, he literally jumps out of the water while she's fishing. But, you know, in the English version, Misty doesn't do that. Instead, she's pretty chill. She sees he has an injured Pokemon, directs him to where a Pokemon Center was. Ash implies he does not actually know what a Pokemon Center is, which is deeply concerning. (laughs) Like, Like,
0: did he not do any of his training? He did none of it.
1: He's not ready for this. Like, he should turn around and go home at this point. But he doesn't. Guess what he does
0: instead? He He steals steals Misty's bike. Yeah, he steals her bike.
1: Which is a pretty low blow for somebody that's been nothing but nice and helpful to you. I guess it would make more sense in the Japanese version if he gets smacked first. Like, all right, you just smack me. I guess I'm going to take your bite.
0: Yeah, that does make more sense. But we didn't see that version. So. No, we did not. And so I was
1: just confused. I, what is his motivation to escape the Spiros that are now flying in a giant pack towards Ash's bike? So. An epic chase ensues amid a dramatic lightning storm. Ash crashes the bike because, of course, can't be competent for too long in this episode. (laughs) And the Spearows loom closer. Ash begs Pikachu to get into the Pokeball. He's injured. They're having a heart-to-heart. He says, Pikachu, please get in the Pokeball. I can save you. And then Ash turns to challenge the flock of Spearows flying towards them to -to hand-to-hand combat.
0: What was he expecting to do? I have no idea.
1: At this point, I don't think he knew at any any point what he was expecting to do. Like, he does not seem to have any any guiding motivation or anything other than I'm going to become a Pokemon master, which is great. But when you set a big objective like that, you have to set little objectives to allow you to reach that objective. And he just seems to have skipped that.
0: See, all I can think of, and I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen scenes from the movie, is The Birds.
1: Yeah, I mean that's literally what this was. This was this had Alfred Hitchcock written
0: all over it. Yeah, birds are freaky. Like you, how you hate rodents, I think birds are just as bad.
1: I don't like I don't like birds either. Really, all birds are, are flying rodents.
0: Flying? Okay.
1: I mean, if you really think about it, there's a lot of similarities there. Birds are definitely more aggressive. I've never had a bad run-in with a rodent, but I have had more than one bad run-in with a bird, and various types of birds. So, but Ash doesn't Ash is not deterred. He is going to fight this entire flock in hand-to-hand combat in order to give Pikachu a chance to what should be a five-second zap into his Pokeball. But of course, he's being difficult as per usual. Fortunately, due to seeing Ash's true heart and how he was willing to sacrifice his own self to save Pikachu, at Pikachu then decides, fortunately, way too late in the game, that he is in fact going to jump in jump onto Ash's shoulder and destroys the entire flock with an amazing lightning burst that also injures himself and Ash. Going back to what you were talking about earlier during your not-as-painful-as-I-thought deep-dive into Pikachu, where you mentioned that he does, in fact, have trouble controlling his own strength.
0: There we go, see? It's all tied together. We did not plan that. No, we didn't. Though I don't think the writers did either, but
1: they they just kind of seem to be stumbling along right now, like the shit. Like I feel like the games were really popular, and they're like, "All right, let's do this. Let's do an anime." And so they're like, "Let's whip this together real quick, so we can pump it out two weeks before they release the games release in North America or whatever." Um. So, uh, that that was truly a beautiful moment. They're laying on the ground injured, um, and they you know get up off the ground and they see an unknown legendary Pokemon flying through the sky. They do not mention what this Pokemon's name is, although I am pretty sure I do, but I'm not sure if we want to mention that at this point.
0: I think we'll mention it. I feel like if people are watching this, they are Pokemon fans, and so they probably know as well. Okay. Or, uh, so who do you think it is? He's the, po- the legendary from Gold. I didn't have Gold, I had Silver. So it was Ho-Oh because I do have a piece of trivia about that, which is pretty obvious. This makes Ho-Oh the first Generation 2 Pokemon seen in the series. Ooh. Now, my question... I know, pretty obvious. But my question is, do you think by this point, so the games in Japan have already been out for a year. Uh, let me do a quick search to see when Gold and Silver came out.
1: i I'm going to make a guess that it was maybe in 2000 or 2001. Probably 2000.
0: Uh, It came out in Japan in 1999, November of 1999.
1: Okay. And in America?
0: In the United States. North America. And North America came out in the 15th of October in 2000, so almost a year later. Boom! I got it. So both of these were about two years after this episode. Two and a half. Two and a half years, or two years for the United States, two and a half years for the Japanese original airing. So I'm wondering if they already had plans that, hey, this is going to be a franchise, let's start making more Pokemon. Because obviously they already had the original 150, yeah. um, and it was close to Mew being released too, so it might have been 151 by this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, weren't the games like already very popular in Japan by the time the show came, I'm imagining. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming at that point they probably just do. I mean, they, they were looking across the pond, you know, with American kids and being like, Mm-hmm, we gonna make some money off them today. As soon as we release <laughs> these uh games and this show out here, it's all over. And it was. It was generational generation defining franchise. So anyway, um, Thank you for the information on the legendary Pokemon. Uh, There's not a whole lot left of this episode. Um, Ash carries Pikachu up the hill to some sweet 90s soap opera music while a rainbow casts over a city that has not yet been named, and the words appear the end. Leading us into the ever-so-epic Pokemon
0: rap. The Poker Rap, yeah. So your version had the Poker Rap still in it? It did
1: have the Poker Rap, and I jammed uh, out to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was like, I could skip this. We don't really need to talk about this, but no, I listened no, to the No, we whole need thing. to talk
1: about the Poker Rap.
0: It's the Poker Rap. What can I say? The first day. So if you did not watch these originally, the Poker Rap aired with every episode, and so it only gave a segment of, e- of the total 150 Pokemon, so it so by the end of the week you had to watch the whole week to hear the whole entire poker rap.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. I do remember the poker rap at the end of the episodes, but I didn't I don't think I ever connected the dots on that because, you know, I did not have the greatest attention span in the world.
0: <laughs> um and so that's how the episode ended. I do have a couple pieces of trivia that didn't fit in the episode. Okay. So I will go over them real quick. Um uh, this is the only episode of the original series in which Team Rocket does not appear.
1: Interesting. I did not know that.
0: So I I assume people listening know who Team Rocket is. So I'm not. I would you sure hope Spoilers. They're gonna make their debuts next episode. I'm sure we'll get very much into them There's next week. There's a lot week. to
1: dissect on that.
0: Yes. Me. uh the next time this would not o- the next time would not occur in the regular episodes until rematch of the Nacrene Gym, which is 672 episodes later. Oh, man, we have 600 there in like years. Yeah, we have 672 episodes until we do not have an episode with Team Rocket.
1: Man, soak it in, have a party.
0: <laughs> uh, and then the last piece of trivia I have is this episode actually has the most Pokemon debuts in the entire anime. So this episode debuted a total of 16 new Pokemon. And that makes sense because this was brand new.
1: Yes, yes, it does. They had to really start strong.
0: Yeah, and going back like when he falls in the water, I know we were talking about how Pokemon in real life would be freaky. Like the thing that he could have died. The first thing that swam by him was a Gyarados.
1: <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's really like our real life oceans, if you think about it. You know, you're having a fun little holiday in Hawaii, and you're swimming around, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't even realize it. Probably don't even realize it to this day, but there was a great white shark, like you know, swimming around underneath you. You don't know. I do feel like Pokemon are more prone to violence than actual animals are.
0: All right, so Tyler, we did it. This is our first episode of the Pokemon Snapshot.
1: Yes, it was. It was good to revisit the anime once again after 20 or so years.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to get into this as we delve deeper into the Pokemon anime.
1: Absolutely.
0: We'll be doing about one episode a week. And if you're worried that we're going to skip them, we are not. We are going to do the movies as well. So those will be kind of supersized episodes because it'll, the movies will are about the length of like five episodes.
1: Yes, they are. That will be a good time.
0: All right. So I would like to thank everyone for listening. This has been Jeff and Tyler with the Pokemon Snapshot. And join us next week where we will be watching episode two. Pokemon Emergency